All right. Hello, hello, hello. All right. So, Jesus in Genesis. Um, first of all, before, like we've already been mentioned, we want to honor all those soldiers who have given their lives on this Memorial Day weekend as we celebrate that tomorrow. But I want to also want to acknowledge that today is Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter, where um, we celebrate the falling of the Holy Spirit, where the church was birthed, and we um, want to acknowledge that as today we celebrate that as well. Without the Holy Spirit, none of us could do anything we do. We could not live this life. Amen. So we thank God for sending His Spirit. So, um, Genesis chapters 42, we're going to be in, through 46. I got five chapters to do today, guys, and I want to thank my fellow elders for giving me that. And so I'm not going to read all five chapters. I'm going to read all of chapter 42 and all of chapter 43, and then certain sections of 44, 45, and 46. So, all right, so I'm going to be moving pretty fast. I've um, got a lot to cover. Um, so, let's get in. Genesis chapter 4. Now, the background is Joseph is in charge. He's the head of all of Egypt. Um, a famine is in the land that he predicted about, that was predicted about, and um, his brothers have come to Egypt to buy food. And this is his first encounter with his brothers in Egypt. We're going to look at that. Now, when Jacob, the father of Joseph, learned that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you keep looking at each other? Stop standing around looking at each other. Listen, he went on, I have heard that there was grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some and, and buy some for us so that we will live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he thought something might happen to him. Benjamin is the youngest, uh, the youngest son of, of, of Jacob and Rachel. Rachel was that who was his favorite wife. Joseph was his favorite. Now that he believes Joseph is dead, Benjamin becomes his favorite. So he doesn't want to send Benjamin down because he's afraid that something might happen to him. He's concerned about his son Benjamin more so than even the other brothers, all right? Um, uh, verse 4, but Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin his, with his brothers, for he thought something might happen to him. Verse 5, the sons of Israel were among those who came to buy grain, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Joseph was in charge of the country. He sold grain to all its people. His brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. Verse 6, his brothers came down and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. But now remember, there was a prophecy uh, about this back in Genesis chapter 37. Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Remember that dream? All right. Are you really going to reign over us, his brothers asked him? Are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun, moon, and 11 stars were bowing down to me. They're bowing down again. He told his father and brothers, and his father rebuked him. He rebuked his son. How dare you? What kind of dream is this that you have had, he said. Am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Even though he rebuked him, he kept thinking, hmm, maybe there's something to this. So, this, with them bowing down in Genesis uh, chapter 6, Joseph was in charge of the country. He sold grain to all his people. His brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the ground. That prophecy was fulfilled right there, where they bowed down to him, just like he said they would in his dream. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. 
Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan to buy food, they replied. Now he spoke harsh to them because he's going to put his brothers to the test. We're going to see that as we move on. He's testing his brothers. So he spoke harshly to them. He recognized them, but they didn't recognize him because he's now, this is 20 years later. Um, he's the king of Egypt. He probably got paint on his eyes, you know, dressed in Egyptian garb. So they didn't recognize him. And they may have assumed that he was dead. We don't know. All right, verse 8. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Okay? Joseph remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. He remembered the dream that he had, and he accused them of being spies to come down and spy out the land. You have come to see the weakness of the land, to see how, how weak we are militarily. Verse 10, no, my Lord, your servants have come to buy food, they said. We are all sons of one man. We are honest. Your servants are not spies. Honest? Really? <laughs> they didn't mention anything about them selling their brother. How can you be? Now, they're honest about what they're saying right now, but they haven't been honest about the whole story. They haven't been honest about them selling their brother, right? We are honest. Your servants are not spies. Verse 12, no, he said to them, you have come to see the weakness of the land. But they replied, we, your servants, were 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, Benjamin, and one is no longer living. Now, they sold him into slavery. Now, they don't know that he's dead. Now, it could be that after all these years, they may have assumed that he was, but they don't know that because they just sold him into slavery, right? Okay. Then Joseph said to them, I have spoken, you are spies. So he's like, look, I said what I said, okay? He's testing them, he's testing them to discern their character. You're spies. This is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Bring Benjamin to me. Send one from among you to get your brother. The rest of you will be in prison so that your words can be tested to see if they are true. He's going to put him in jail like he was in prison. Remember, he was in prison. He's putting them in prison now. All right? If they are not, if your words are not true, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. So Joseph imprisoned them together for three days. On the third day, Joseph said to them, I fear God. Wow. Now, they should, that, that should have sparked something in them when he said, the, 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 the ruler of Egypt says, I fear God. That should have said, what do you mean you fear God? The same God we serve? I fear God. Do this and you will live. If you are honest, like you said you were, let one of you become confined to the guardhouse while the rest of you go and take grain to relieve the hunger of your households. I'm going to let you go feed your family. Bring your youngest brother to me. Tells him that again so that your words can be confirmed. Then you won't die. And they consented to this. They said, okay, all right, we'll do that. All right? All right, so that's chapter 42. When they, reached, when they reached their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. This is continuing, I'm sorry, continuing in, verse, in chapter 42. The man who was the lord of the country spoke harshly to us and accused us of spying on the country. But we told him we are honest and not spies. We were 12 brothers, sons of the same father. We told him this. One is no longer living, Joseph, and the youngest is not with our father in the land of Canaan. The man who is the lord of the country said to us, this is how I will know if you are honest. Leave one brother with me, take food to relieve the hunger of your households, and go. Bring back your youngest brother to me, and I will know that you are not spies but honest men. I will then give your brother back to you, and you can trade in the country. So they basically told their father the story of what happened there. All right? As they began emptying their sacks, now this is still in chapter 42. Is that right? Yeah, okay, all right. 
As they began emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his bag of silver. When they and their father saw their bags of silver, they were afraid. Their father Jacob said to them, it's me that you make childless. Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. Now they went back and he put some extra um, money in their bags. And so they're going to be accused of stealing. And he said, it's me that you make childless. Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. Now they told him that Simeon had to stay. Now he makes it sound like Simeon is dead. He said, Joseph is gone and Simeon is gone. Simeon's not dead. He's just, he's just not, he was, he was left in, in Egypt. Now you want to take Benjamin. And he says, everything happens to me. He's like, man, everything always happens to me, Jacob said. It's like, wowsy, wowsy, woo, woo. Everything always happens to me, like Charlie Brown. Verse 37, then Reuben said to his father, you can kill my two sons if I don't bring him back to you. What? Reuben said, listen, if I don't put, bring him back to me, you can kill my two sons. What kind of put him in my care and I will return him to you? But Jacob answered, my son will not go down with you for his brother is dead and he alone is left. Listen, he said, he alone is left, Benjamin, as if the other brothers aren't even there. But Reuben said, okay, if I don't bring him back to me, you can kill two of your grandsons. What kind of mess is that? This family's a mess, by the way, just like ours, okay? My son will not go down with you for his brother is dead and he alone is left. If anything happens to him on your journey, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol or the grave in sorrow. I'm gonna die in misery if something happens to Benjamin. Joseph is gone, he was my favorite. Now my second favorite, Benjamin, if he goes down and something happens to him, I'm just gonna die in misery. All right, chapter 43. Now the famine in the land was severe. When they had used up the grain that they had brought back from Egypt the first time, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little food. Go back and get some more. We've already eaten up what you brought back the first time. Go back and get some more. But Judah said to him, the man specifically warned us, you will not see me again unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy food for you. If you send, bring, send Benjamin with us, we'll go. But if you will not send him, we will not go. For the man said to us, you will not see me again unless your brother is with you. Verse 6, why have you caused me so much trouble, Israel asked. Why did you tell the man that you had another brother? Why did you have to tell him you had another brother anyway? And they answered, look, the man kept asking about us and our family. Is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? And we answered him accordingly. How could we know that he would say, bring your brother here? Listen, Dad, we didn't know he was going to ask for us to bring Benjamin. We would just answer the man's questions. That's all. Then Judah said to his father Israel, send the boy with me. We will be on our way so that we may live and not die. Neither we nor you nor our dependents. I will be responsible for him. You can hold me personally accountable if I do not bring him back to you and set him before you. I will be guilty before you forever. Now, this is, we're going to see the change in Judah right here. How he's changed. Now, this is Judah. Judah's track record isn't great. All right? He slept with his, he, he, he uh, uh, slept with his, his daughter-in-law, and he's the one that sold Joseph, who told him to sell Joseph into slavery. That was his idea. Genesis chapter 37, Judah said to his brothers, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Okay, we ain't, got no, we ain't gonna get no benefit by killing him, all right? He said, come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother. After all, this is our brother. All right, we ain't gotta kill him, we can just sell him in slavery. He is our brother after all, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. That was Judah's idea. 
to sell them into slavery, along with other stuff that he did. His track record ain't great, right? Um, then Judah sits in the board with me. So Judah, verse 11, verse 9, I will be responsible for him. You can hold me personally accountable. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, I will be guilty before you forever. If we had not delayed, we could have been back twice by now. We didn't have wasted so much time. We could have been back and forth twice by now if we hadn't wasted so much time just talking about this. Put him in my care. I got him, Dad. I got him. All right? Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your packs and take them down to the man as a gift. A little balsam and a little honey, aromatic gum and resin, pistachios and almonds. Take twice as much silver with you. Return the silver that was returned to you in the top of your bags. Perhaps it was a mistake. Okay, maybe that was an oversight. They didn't mean to do that. Okay, take twice as much back now to prove that you didn't steal it. All right? All right, verse 13, take your brother also and go back at once to the man. May God Almighty cause the man to be merciful to you so that he will release your other brother and Benjamin to you. He's praying now. Listen, God, may God have mercy on y'all when you go down there. As for me, if I am deprived of my sons, then, my, then I am deprived. Jacob's like, if it, whatever, whatever, whatever happens, it is what it is. All right? Um, now, um, and you, like I said, you, when you look at, with, with, uh, with, at Judah, it could be that Judah's conscience has been bothering him all this time, and I think it has been. All the, maybe he's trying to make restitution for what he did to Joseph by offering, because he knows that Benjamin is the favorite. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm responsible for Joseph, your favorite son, not being here. Let me try to make restitution by protecting your other favorite son. He's trying to make amends with Benjamin, it could be. He's a changed man now. And that's what, that's what Joseph is trying to see. Are they the same brothers that sold me into slavery 20 years ago? Or are they different? Have they changed at all? So that's why he's testing them like this. The men took this gift, doubled the amount of silver and Benjamin. They immediately went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his steward, take the men to my house, slaughter an animal, and prepare it, for they will eat with me at noon. When he saw his brother Benjamin. Now, this is it. Him and Benjamin have the same mother, Rachel, who was, who was uh, Jacob's favorite wife, and then his two favorite sons. So him and, him and Benjamin are really close. Not that he doesn't love his other brothers, but him and Benjamin are really close. The last two. Verse 17, the man did as Joseph had said and brought them to Joseph's house. But the men were afraid because they were taken to Joseph's house. They were like, listen, what are we going to his house for? They said, we have been brought here because of the silver that was returned in our bags the first time. They intend to overpower us, seize us, and make us slaves and take our donkeys. See, when you got guilty conscience, you think like this. When you know you've done wrong, listen, <laughs> payback time. Even though they don't know it's Joseph, but listen, listen to what they say. They intend to overpower us, seize us, and make us slaves and take our donkeys. So they approached Joseph's steward and spoke to him at the doorway of the house. They said, listen, they said, my Lord, we really did come down here the first time only to buy food. That's really the only reason we came. The same story. We didn't come for no other reason. When we came to the place where we lodged for the night and opened our bags of grain, each one's silver was at the top of his bag. We didn't, we didn't, know, that was, we didn't, we didn't do that. It was the full amount of our silver, and we have... Uh, it was the full amount of our silver, and we have brought it back with us. Here's it back. We didn't mean that. that here, here it is. We're returning it to show that, we, that we're sincere about this. Uh, we don't know who put the silver in our bags. 
We have brought additional silver with us to buy food. We don't know who put the silver in our bags. We don't know how it got there. Then the steward said, may you be well. Don't be afraid. Your God and the God of your father must have put the treasure in your bags. Wow, listen to that. Your God and the God of your fathers. Wow, this man who's an Egyptian is talking like this. Now, Joseph could have told him about, about Yahweh, this man here. Maybe that's why, he, maybe that's why he's talking like that, but that didn't, still didn't even seem like a ring a bell, ring a bell with them. All right. Um, I'll receive your silver. Then he brought Simeon out to them. The steward brought the men into Joseph's house, gave them water to wash their feet, and got feed for their donkeys. Since the men had heard that they were going to eat a meal there, they prepared their gift for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they brought him the gift they had carried into the house, and they bowed to the ground before him. There it goes, bowing down again the second time. Remember, he said, you were bow bowing again. Prophecy being fulfilled. Uh, he asked if they were well, and he said, how was your elderly father? Listen, he asked about his father. We're going to see that many times. He asked about his father. How was your elderly father that you told me about? Is he still alive? Joseph wants to know if his father's still living. They answered, your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. They said, your servant, they referred to his, their father as Joseph's servant. Your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. And they knelt low and paid homage to him, bowing down again. When he looked up and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he asked, is this your youngest brother that you told me about? And then he said, may God be gracious to you, my son. Notice how he put a blessing upon his brother Benjamin that he didn't do it to his other brothers. He said, may, may God be gracious to you, my son. Verse 30, Joseph hurried out because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. Listen to that. And he was about to weep. We're going to see this a couple times. He went into an inner room and wept there. Then he washed his face, came out, regaining his composure, and he said, serve the meal. Now listen, when he saw his younger brother, Benjamin, that he hadn't seen in 20 years, and he, over, he became overcame with emotion, overcome with emotion. And he said, I got to leave. Excuse me, I'll be right back. And he went and cried. He loves his brothers. But he can't show it right now because he's got to test their character. So he has to leave. I'll be right back. And then when he come back, and he said, okay, he washed his face, came out. Okay, get yourself together, Joseph. All right, get yourself together. Go back out there. Regaining his composure, he said, okay, all right, let's eat. All right. Uh, they served him by himself, Joseph, his brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians who were eating with them by themselves. All right? Because Egyptians could not eat with Hebrews, since that is detestable to them. There was a cultural thing. The Egyptians thought the Hebrews were detestable, so they didn't eat with them. Racism, basically what that was. That was boiled down to racism. Okay? They separated in their, in their, in their eating. All right? They were seated before him in order by age from the firstborn to the youngest. Catch that. When Joseph seated them, he seated them in the birth order. The men looked at each other in astonishment. How did he know, how he know who's the oldest and who the youngest? Why did he seat us like this in the birth order? See, and in the birth order, see, in, in that culture, the oldest son was a privileged one, and they, would, and they probably were thinking, okay, this is according to our, our cultural norms about, you know, the oldest son got the firstborn blessing and all of that. They were thinking, probably, all of that's going through their head. But still, yet, yeah, how does he know this? Who was the oldest among us? So this is 20 years later. 
verse 34. Portions were served to them from Joseph's table, and Benjamin's portion was five times larger than any of theirs. Benjamin got the bone. They passing out the mashed potatoes. All right. One for you, Naphtali, one for you, Simeon, and one for you, Reuben, Benjamin. It's <laughs> 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 <is> my boy. <laughs> he got a larger portion. Now, I kind of messed up the other day. Wait a minute. The oldest one's supposed to get the most. He gave it all to Benjamin. They drank and became drunk with Joseph. <laughs> but Benjamin got the most. Now, what is that test? Okay. Are they going to be jealous because I gave Benjamin more than the rest of them? Like they were jealous of my coat of many colors. Remember that? They were jealous of, of Joseph's coat because he was, he was a favorite. Well, they je- that's why they sold him into slavery. They were jealous. Now, are they going to be jealous because of this second favorite son, like they were jealous of me? This is all a test. Um... Okay, um, chapter 44. Now, they returned to Egypt. Um, this is Joseph's uh, final, final test for his brothers. They returned to Egypt. Now, there's another test where um, there was a silver cup that was put in, 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 in Benjamin's bag on purpose, and Joseph said, um, whoever's... whoever's uh, bag the cup has found him has to become my slave. First of all, he said, all of you will become slaves. Then he changes his mind and said, only the one who's, who's, uh, who, whose bag has a silver cup will, be, will become my slave. And that's what happened here. And, and actually, they, the, the, the servant looks through all their bags, and he goes to Benjamin's bag last on purpose. And then it says, he's the one. And they, and they flip out. The brothers flip out. They were like, wait a minute, hold it. And they flip out because Benjamin now has to become this man's slave. And they already told them, Judah said, listen, I'll bring him back. I promise you, Dad, I'll bring him back. But now he has to become Joseph's slave and stay in Egypt. Jacob's going to lose another son, his second favorite son. The brothers flip out. All right? So um, this is after they had dinner and all of that. Okay, now this is the final test. Benjamin is accused of stealing the silver cup. And he's, Joseph did this to see if they're going to lie about it. To see if they're going to sell their brother just like they sold me. Verse 18. Now, all of them, when they found out, all of the brothers go back to Joseph's house. Not just Judah, all of them. They're, they're united in this, in protecting Benjamin. All of them go back to Joseph, starting at verse 18. And it says, but Judah approached him and said, approached Joseph. Listen to this. But Judah approached him, Joseph, and said, my Lord, please let your servant speak personally to my Lord. He says, do not be angry with your servant, for you are like Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, do you have a father or a brother? And we answered, my Lord, we have an elderly father and a younger brother, the child of his old age. My youngest brother was born in his old age, and it was, he's proud of him because he, was, he, he shouldn't have had him at that, at that age. The boy's brother is dead, referring to himself, Joseph. The boy's brother is dead. He is the only one of his mother's sons left, and his father loves him. Listen to Judah's cry for his brother. Then you said to your servants, bring him to me so that I can see him. But we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he were to leave, 
his father would die. Then you said to your servants, if your younger brother does not come down with you, you will not see him again. This is what happened when we went back to your servant, my father. We reported to him the words of my Lord, but our father said, go again and buy us a little food. And we told him, we cannot go down unless your younger brother goes with us. If a younger brother isn't with us, we cannot see the man. That's what the man told us. Your servant, my father, said to us, notice they called their father his servant. Your servant, my father, said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons. Talking about Rachel. One is gone from me. I said he must have been torn to pieces. They made it look like Joseph was eaten by, 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 by a wild animal. And I have never seen him again. If you also take this one from me and anything happens to him, you will bring my gray hairs down to Sheol in sorrow. If anything happens to Benjamin, I can't bear that. I just cannot bear that. Look at Judah's promise uh, of himself in place of Benjamin. So if, I come, so if I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, his life is wrapped up with the boy's life. When he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. Then your servants will have brought the gray hairs of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. Your servant became accountable to my father for the boy. Talking about himself now. Your servant, me, I became accountable to my father for my youngest brother, Benjamin saying, if I do not return to him, I will always bear the guilt for sinning against you, my father. Now, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. He said, listen, let my brother go. I will be your slave instead of Benjamin, my brother. Notice Judas change. Listen to that. That is a, an example of his future ancestor, Jesus Christ, offering himself in place of his brother. Judah, in this right here, is a Christ-like figure. All right? Now, please let your servant remain here as my Lord's slave in place of the boy. Let him go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father without the boy? He said, I cannot go home without him. I can't do it. I could not bear to see the grief that would overwhelm my father. He's concerned about his father now. Whereas before, when he sold his brother, he wasn't concerned about dad. Now he says, listen, my father loves Benjamin. And if I don't go back with him, I can't bear that. Please, I will, I will be your slave in place of him. Notice the change in Judah's life. Symbolic of what Jesus did for us. Now, Judah, uh, in Genesis 49, this is Jacob blessing his sons before they die. This is what he says about Judah. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the next of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. Judah is a young lion. My son, you return from the kill. He crouches. He lies, he lies down like a lion or a lioness. Who dares, who dares to rouse him? A sleeping lion. The scepter will not depart from Judah or the staff from between his feet until he whose right it is comes. That's a prophecy about Jesus Christ. So in the midst of this, because of this, I think, God said, Judah, the Messiah is coming through you. You are, 
an earthly example of what he's going to be for all the world. Now, you would think in this prophecy, now Jacob's the one giving his prophecy. And you would think because Joseph was his favorite son, he gave that prophecy to Joseph. Joseph, from you is going to come the Messiah. But that's not what God's plan was. That's not what God's plan was. Now, so Judah bows and pleads on behalf of his brother Benjamin. Now, I think there's, in, in Scripture you see there's a, a connection sometimes between Judah and, ben, and, Judah and Benjamin. In 1 Kings, there's a story of when, when the kingdom split, uh, the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom, uh, in the book of 1 Kings. That's what the story is talking about. When all Israel heard that Jeroboam had come back, they summoned him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. No one followed the house of David except the tribe of Judah alone, right? When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mobilized 180,000 fit young soldiers from the entire house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin to fight against the house of Israel to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, son of Solomon. Only one who went with Judah to fight was Benjamin. And I think it's because Benjamin remembered, remembered the faithfulness that Judah had with him. Judah kept him out of slavery. So Benjamin is faithful to Judah. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, the whole house of Israel, uh, the whole house of Judah and Benjamin and the rest of the people, this is what the Lord says, you are not to march up and fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Each of you return home for this, for this situation is from me. So Judah and Benjamin have a special relationship ever since this because of what Judah did for him. All right. Uh, so now, chapter 45. I'm moving here. All right, chapter 45. <laughs> Uh, verse 1, Joseph could no longer, now this is after Judah's speech. This is after he heard Judah uh, offering himself on behalf of his brother Benjamin to, to be his, his slave instead of, if, instead of Benjamin. Joseph could no longer keep his composure in front of all his attendants. Now remember, when he had to cry before, he would leave the room and go and cry by himself. Listen to this. So he called out, send everyone away from me. No one was with him when he revealed his identity to his brothers. He had the Egyptians leave the room when he, had, when he revealed his identity to his brothers because he didn't want them to hear what his brothers had done to him. This is a family issue. This ain't none of y'all business. Leave the room. Verse 2, but he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. And also, Pharaoh's household heard it. Verse 3, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? First thing he asked about, how's my dad doing? He reveals himself to his brother. Listen, he said, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Can you imagine? Wouldn't you be? After 20 years and you think he's dead or whatever, and he, and he comes up, the, the, the ruler over all of Egypt, and he says, I'm your brother Joseph. What? But they could not answer him because they were terrified in his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, please come near me. And they came near. I want you to see my face. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. Now, that proved to the brothers who he was, because who else knew that? Nobody knew that but them and Joseph. So when he said, 
the one you sold into Egypt. <gasps> and now, don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here. The first thing he says is, because I know how y'all going to think, I know what you're thinking, but listen, don't get mad. Don't get mad at yourself. Don't be grieved or angry with yourself for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. Listen to Joseph's faith. This is reconciliation after 20 plus years. All the steps that led up to this moment, everything that happened to Joseph is leading up to this moment. His, slave, his, his bondage into slavery, the dreams, everything, in jail, um, unjustly, the, the, the baker forgetting about him, everything is leading up to this. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called. And Joseph is a prime example of that verse. Please come near me. And they came near. I am Joseph, your brother, he said, the one you sold into Egypt. And now don't be grieved or angry with yourselves for selling me here because God sent me ahead of you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there will be five more years without plowing or harvesting. God sent me ahead of you to establish you as a remnant within the land to keep you alive by a great deliverance. This was God's hand, brothers. Therefore, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Wow. He said, you didn't send me here, God did. Genesis chapter 50, starting at verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, now this is later on. This is, this is after Jacob had died. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, now they're thinking after all of this, okay, our father's dead, Joseph might, you know, dad's dead, now I can get my payback. He will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. Listen to their guilty conscience still. See, that's what sin will do. 20-something years later, and they still feel, man, guilt. But listen, you remember what we did to our brother? And they said, what if he remembers that after dad dies? So they sent this message to Joseph. Before he died, your father gave a command. I don't want to remind you what dad said. Say this to Joseph. <laughs> Please forgive your brothers, your brother's transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Forgive it. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept, wept when their message came to him. He started crying like, what? His brothers also came to him, bowed down before him, bowed down again, <laughs> and said, we are your slaves. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I told you already. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. He said, you planned evil against me. You did. You're guilty. You're right. He said, but God took that same incident. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He said, listen. He said, you planned evil against me. You did. He said, but God took that same evil and planned it for good to bring about the present, the survival of many people. You got to understand how God works. God can take all things, everything, sin, everything, and use it for his glory and our good. He does that all the time. I love 
Charles Spurgeon's quote, uh, on the, his, his commentary on, on this verse. He says, man acts freely and just as guilty as if no predestination exists. They do it as if there's no such thing as predestination. He said, at the same time, God ordains, arranges, supervises, and overrides just as accurately as if there was no free will. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? God takes the same incident. Man, he acts freely and, and sinfully, and he's guilty as if there is no predestination, as if God never knew about that. God takes that same thing. He ordains it, he arranges it, he supervises it, and he overrides just as accurately as if, there, as if you didn't have any free will. Both of those are true. How can that be? I don't know. And neither does anybody else. <laughs> but the Bible says it's true. Man's free will and God's predestination. How do they work together? I do not know. But the Bible says they have to work together. They do. And you've seen it right here. The one is a prime example of it. They meant it for evil. What they did, they meant exactly to do exactly what they did. God did not put that in their hearts. They had free will to sell their brother into slavery. God took that same incident and said, I'm going to use this to save millions, thousands of people 20 years later. Your free will and my predetermined will working together. God is awesome. He said, you didn't send me here. God did. Psalm 105. This is a history of God's uh, people David is giving in Psalm 105. He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he ordained for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, he swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree to Israel, as a decree to Israel as a permanent covenant. I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. He told, he told Jacob, we're going to look at that in a minute. We told Jacob that. When they were few in number, very few indeed, and resident aliens in Canaan, wandering from nation to nation and from one kingdom to another, this is the history of Israel, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. That ain't about your pastor, okay? All right. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. He called down famine against the land and destroyed the entire food supply. This is what we're talking about what happened in Egypt. He had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Who sent him? He, God, sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. It says God sent him. It didn't say Joseph decided to go. It says God sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They heard his feet with shackles. His neck was put in an iron collar. Joseph went through. Until the time his prediction came true, the word of the Lord tested him. He's talking about the dream that he gave Pharaoh. They got him out of prison. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent for him and released him. The ruler of the people set him free once he, once he interpreted his dream. Verse 21, he made him master of his household, ruler over all his possessions, made Joseph the ruler over all Egypt, binding his officials at will and instructing his elders. Then Israel went to Egypt. Jacob lived as an alien in the land of Ham. The Lord made his people very fruitful. He made them more numerous than their foes. He said, God sent Joseph. Same thing Joseph said, and this scripture confirms it. 
And you see, Joseph's not ashamed of his brothers, too. Now, he could, now, this, now Joseph could have got revenge. See, it would have been one of us. Like, those, are, those are my brothers. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, now, yeah, okay. Bow down, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. See, Joseph is, 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 is a symbol of Christ in this, where no matter, even though they sinned against him, he's restoring them. We're going we're gonna to look at I'm getting ahead of myself. He can restore their, their relationship. He's going to restore their relationship. All right. Um, just like Joseph's not ashamed of his brothers, God's not ashamed of us. Amen? He's not ashamed of us to call us his sons, his daughters. And Joseph's not blaming God. He didn't blame God one time. He trusts God's plan and God's sovereignty in the midst of all of this. How many of us could have done that in the midst of being put in jail and justly sold by your flesh and blood into slavery? Not blaming God. A lot of us would have, God, how could you let this happen to me? I, I was faithful to you. You know, you know in the Bible, there's, there's two people I can think of in the Bible where, where, their, where their sinful nature is not revealed. We don't see anything sinful about them. One of them, Joseph and Daniel. The Bible doesn't talk anything bad about them. Now, you might look at Joseph and say, well, he was bragging about, you know, his code. Okay, all right, that was kind of. But the Bible doesn't really say anything bad about Joseph's character. Now, we know he's a sinner, obviously. Same thing with Daniel. And Joseph could have said, listen, I've been like, like, like the prodigal son's brother. You know, I've been serving you all these years, God. I, you know, I've been doing this. He didn't do that. He didn't blame God. He didn't throw his, 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 his resume in God's face like some of us would have done. I've been doing this. I've been serving you. I've been preaching. I've been doing it. And you going to let this happen to me? He's seen God's providence in it all, and he showed it through his affections to his brothers, which we're going to look at in a minute. All right, okay, all right. Uh, chapter 46, the last chapter. Okay, all right, I'm almost done. Chapter 46, Israel set out with all that he had and came to Beersheba. Now, this is after Joseph sends for, he said, listen, tells, tells his brothers, go get dad, all right, and bring him down here, uh, and we're going we to go get dad. Oh, yeah, he, okay, okay, I do want to read this. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Verse, back to chapter 49, I'm sorry. Return quickly to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me without delay. Come on, dad. I got, listen, come on down here, dad. I got something for you. You can settle in the land of Goshen and be near me, you, your children, and your grandchildren your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will sustain you, for there will be five more years of famine. Listen, there's five more years of famine coming. Otherwise, you, your household, and everything you have will become destitute. He says, look, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin can see that I'm the one speaking to you. This, this, this really is me, Joseph. Tell my father. He keeps mentioning his father. He, he misses his father. Tell my father about all my glory in Egypt and about all you have seen, and bring my father here quickly. Listen, then Joseph threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. <sighs> See, him and Benjamin, it's like, it's been 20 years since I've seen Benjamin, my brother. And he says he threw his arms around him, and he just wept. And Benjamin wept on his shoulder. This is so good. After 20 years... Benny, come here, bro. Come here. After 20 years. Uh, okay. Uh, chapter 46. Uh, Israel set out with all that he had and came to Beersheba, and he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Same place that Abraham and Isaac offered sacrifices, Beersheba, same place. 
That night, God spoke to Israel in a vision. Jacob, Jacob, he said, and Jacob replied, Here I am. God said, I am God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. Now listen, now Joseph, Jacob's like, listen, Egypt, you, gave, you promised us Canaan, and you want me to go to Egypt? He says, don't be afraid. He says, don't be afraid to go down to Egypt. I will make you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you back. So don't be afraid. Now listen, this is a, now, uh, God told Jacob years ago, he said, this is God talking to Jacob, your offspring will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out toward the west, the east, the north, and the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Look, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. He told Jacob years ago, listen, I'm going to be with you wherever you go, listen, including Egypt. I will bring you back to this land, to the land of Canaan, for I will not leave you until I have done whatever I promised you. So that was, God told Jacob that years ago. Now, here, you, here he is, after finding out about, about uh, his son and all of that, and God says, listen, he told him this in a vision, don't be afraid to go to Egypt. Remember what I told you. I will make you a great, a great nation there, even in Egypt. Remember, I told you, I'm going to be with you no matter where you go, even if it's in a land of, of pagans, unbelievers. I'm going to make you a great nation right there. God can bless you no matter where you are. Don't think that because you ain't in this prosperous place that you might think that God ain't going to bless you. Listen, if God says go, go. He said, I'll bless you wherever you go. Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Wherever, Cincinnati, L.A., wherever you go, I'm going to bless you. Ain't got nothing to do with your physical place. It all has to do with what I said. God's the God of his word. All right. Um, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt before I make you into a great nation. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you back. Joseph will close your eyes when you die. Joseph is going to be there when you die. Jacob left Beersheba. The sons of Israel took their father Jacob in the wagons Pharaoh had sent to carry him along with their dependents and their wives. They also took their cattle and possessions they had acquired in the land of Canaan. Then Jacob and all his offspring with him came to Egypt. His sons, grandsons, daughters, granddaughters, indeed everybody, he brought them all to Egypt. The whole family, everybody was there. He ain't leave nobody out. He said, listen, um, um, I'm going to make you a great nation right there. I will make you a great nation right there. Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. All right? Now, this is the next book in, in, the, in the book of Exodus. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. Each came with his family. And he gives a list of all who came with him. Verse 5. The total number of Jacob's descendants was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation eventually died. But the Israelites were fruitful increased rapidly and multiplied and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. Just like God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. They became numerous so that the land was filled with them. Just like God said, right in Egypt, right in Egypt where he promised uh, they were going to breathe. And then he says, uh, he says, and I will bring you back. I will go down with you and I will also bring you back here. I'm not going to leave you in Egypt, Jacob. I'm going to bring you back here. Genesis chapter 50. When the days of mourning were over, Joseph said to Pharaoh's household, if I have found favor with you, please tell Pharaoh that my father made me an oath 
made me take an oath saying, I am about to die. You must bury me there in the tomb that I made for myself in the land of Canaan. Bury me in Canaan. Now let me go and bury my father. Then I will return. So Pharaoh said, go and bury your father and keep him with your oath. Then Joseph went to bury his father and all Pharaoh's servants, the elders and his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt went with him, along with all Joseph's family, his brothers, his father's family, only their dependents, their flocks, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. So God fulfilled this promise here. He took uh, Jacob back to the land of Canaan to be buried, just like he said. So I'm going to bring you back here. I'm not going to let you die in Egypt. And that's exactly what Joseph did. God kept his promise, just like he said he would. All right, now, in Genesis 46, starting at verse 26, the total number of persons belonging to Jacob, his direct descendants, not including the wives of Jacob's sons who came to Egypt, 66. And Joseph's sons who were born to him in Egypt, two persons. All those of Jacob's household who came to Egypt, 70 persons. Now, 70 people became, when they left, when they left out in the Exodus, a million, two million people. Seventy turned into two million. I will make you a great nation. Those 70 people became two million people who left the Exodus. Just like God said. All right. Now, Jacob had sent Judah ahead of him, Judah in leadership again. Listen. Now, Jacob had sent Judah ahead of him to Joseph to prepare for his arrival at Goshen. When they came to the land of Goshen, Joseph hitched the horses to his chariots and went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. Joseph presented himself to him, listen, threw his arms around him and wept for a long time. I love that. Now, Joseph is the ruler of Egypt, but he threw all of that off when he saw his father. My dad is here. And it says, he threw his arms around him and wept for a long time. Wow. Dad, after 20-something years, for a long time. You see how much he loves his family? How much he loved his father? He missed his father so much. He missed his brothers too, but he really missed his father. It didn't say he wept for, with his brothers for a long time, but with his father for a long time. Then Israel said to Joseph, I'm ready to die now because I have seen your face and you're still alive. I could die now. You know, sometimes we say something, if this, are, if this ever happened to me, then I could die. We say that. Well, if I've ever seen so-and-so in cars, then I can die. If, I, if this happened, then I can die. Joseph said, listen, I've, I've seen my son Joseph. I can die now in peace. I won't die in misery. I have seen your face and you are still alive. Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's family, I will go up and inform Pharaoh, telling him, my brothers and my father's family who were in the land of Canaan have come to me. The men are shepherds. They, are all, they also rave livestock. They have brought their flocks and herds and all that they have. When Pharaoh addresses you and asks, what is your occupation? You are to say, your servants, both we and our ancestors have raised livestock from our youth until now. Then you will be allowed to settle in the land of Goshen, since all shepherds are detestable to Egyptians. So since shepherds are detestable to Egyptians, tell them you're, you're shepherds, you, and we'll, we'll set you off in a different place by yourself where you, where you won't be with the Egyptians. Separation, which was, in, in another sense, I think, good for them because they would have mingled with the Egyptians and, and got into idolatry and all kind of stuff, in which they eventually did, but that's no another message. But, but, but he was trying to make a, okay, we're going to have to separate ourselves from these Egyptians. I res respect who we are. The Egyptians need to respect who we are. All right. Um, 
Uh, okay, um, so we see um, Joseph making provisions for his people's cultural and religious needs and desires and concerns. Joseph is still a Hebrew, even though he's been in Egypt, he's still a Hebrew. And so he respects that. Okay, Joseph here never, ever renders evil for evil. He renders good for evil after all his brothers did to him. He, re, he re renders good to them. The Bible says, don't, don't render evil for evil, but overcome evil with good. And Joseph gives a prime example right here. That's why he's a figure of Christ, because after all the sins we've committed against him, he still says, come. I want you to be, a, I want you to be my son, my daughter. And the whole family. And listen, he blessed the whole family. He says, all, everybody came down. All the, he said, we're going to be a family again, y'all. We're going to be a family again. And God has made me ruler of all Egypt, and I'm going to bless my family. So as we get ready for communion, let us remember what Christ has done for us. In spite of us sinning against him, he still says, come. I want you to be in my family. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. Joseph is an example of not rendering evil for evil, but overcoming evil with good. He's a Christ-like figure in that sense, but also an example to us. He could have easily taken revenge on his brothers. He had the power to do it. His father would have, they could have, even with Benjamin, they could have uh, uh, let Benjamin become a slave and went back to their dad and said, there was nothing we could do. You know, he was found with the, with the, with the silver cup in his bag, and, and, and the man said whoever was found with the silver cup had to remain a slave. So I'm sorry, your second favorite son is gone now too. They could, and see, that's what Joseph was waiting to see. That's what you're going to do? Are you going to do that like you did with me? Are you going to sell Benjamin like you sold me? Are you going to lie about Benjamin like you lied about me? But his brothers passed the test. They were different men 20 years later. They all stood up for their brother Benjamin. And when he, when he, when he heard Judah's speech, which is the longest speech in the, in the book, book of Genesis, when he heard that, the Bible says he couldn't, he couldn't longer compose himself. He said, my brothers are different. My brothers are different. And Judah, even though he sold me into slavery, he's different now. Are you different? Are you different than you were two years ago, let alone 20?